0: there, space fans and welcome to another episode of the Supercluster podcast. Just me today, Robin, and I have uh, two good friends on the podcast today, Chris Gebhart and Swatna Krishna, both very fine space journalists and also fellow space Star Trek fans. I almost said space truck, which is <laughs> that I'm just not having I'm not having a, a good a good day that means. But um we are all catching up this week. It is Tuesday, April 19th. Supercluster just had a three-day weekend, and we are realizing that we are the only ones who did. So I guess everyone is just having a normal Tuesday. We're having a Monday. I wanted to welcome my two friends uh, back to the show. Welcome, Chris. Welcome, Swapna.
1: Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, really excited.
0: This is actually our third Star Trek podcast that the three of us are doing together. We actually started doing them a couple of years ago, and they are among the more popular of our podcast episodes. And I think that really speaks to the long-lasting Star Trek fandom. And I think one of the reasons the fandom has lasted is that the shows are so good. When We've talked about this on the previous podcast. Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Next Generation, the original series, they're sort of long lasting in everyone's minds. And I think that we rewatch them all the time. But also there are new shows and these shows are really resonating with people. They're very popular. They're very good. And I think it's just Adding to the fan base of Star Trek. I'll leave it out there for, for right now. I wanted to put Swapna and Chris on the spot real quick. Because as of many of our listeners know, William Shatner re- recently launched to space aboard a New Shepard mission. It was really exciting <laughs> for Star Trek fans because we got to see Kirk actually go to space, which was really cool. My question question reaction for, afterward. Oh, the reaction was amazing. <laughs> so first... My first question for today, for both of you, and I'll start with you, Swatna, because we haven't had you on the pod in a while, and we really missed you. And I watch your TikToks, and I love them. (laughs) Thank you. So you are given a seat aboard New Shepard, and you get to fly with one of your favorite Star Trek actors. Actors. Not characters. Actors. So you're flying... You get to the seat next to you is for a Star Trek actor that you get to choose. Who is it?
1: I think it's LeVar Burton because he is quick. Yeah, no, he's (laughs) just the nicest. Like he's genuinely like he seems and I've met him a couple of times, and he is just the nicest human. Like he is the nicest, most genuine person. He genuinely like loves like people and he's so kind. I love him. And it would definitely be him.
0: And he probably knows some engineering.
1: Yes. Would, another would be Brad Spiner because he's so funny. Yeah. Like, he would have yeah. the funniest things to say about the entire thing. But yeah. I think it has to be LeVar just because he's nice. So. Okay.
0: I don't know. That, that, that choice really resonates with me because of reading Rainbow also.
1: Exactly.
2: No, it's like <laughs> – so yes, yes. yeah. i the thing.
0: Let's like, just say he's an amazing person, exactly. also.
1: Exactly. Okay. Okay. So yeah, we've got LeVar Merton
2: for Swapna. And Chris, well, who are you? Of, yeah. For the sake of being different, I'm going to pick somebody else. But I think Le- LeVar is um, a pretty good choice. Yes. Uh, because LeVar is a really good choice. Hmm. You know what? To be totally different, I would, I and, and since you're going to press me for a name, I, I'll say i take Anson Mount. Um, okay.
1: Yeah. Simply
2: okay. to see what an actor who has been to space can bring to a portrayal of a Star Trek character.
0: Right. 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 You want to see them bring that experience back, then apply it to their art and their craft. I I love that idea. That's really, also, I would want to see LeVar go come back and do the character again. Also (laughs) just anyone like we need to bring Shatner back just for a moment as Kirk. (laughs) <laughs> to, to just wrap that canon up with him going to space, but I love that idea. Now, Swapna, I'm going to come back to you. Okay. I'm going to adjust the question a little bit. You get to fly with a character from Star Trek canon, not an actor, a character. Oh, Who are you going to yeah. space? And, and it doesn't have to be New Shepard. Let's say you're on Starship and you're going somewhere crazy. Who, what character from Star Trek would you want with you?
1: Okay, that's really hard. <laughs> It's I really hard because, like, my 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 instinct is like data, but like I want somebody who would experience like the wonder of space, right. which
0: someone who you know. would like, yeah.
1: So I feel like almost like Tilly from Star Trek Discovery because I love that. she would yeah. be yeah. so excited, and yeah. like I would be so excited, and it would just be a lot of fun <laughs> right. to have someone you're not embarrassed to be that excited in front of, and I would not be embarrassed to be excited in front of Tilly because she would be ex- as excited as I am. I
0: love that. I love that, Chris.
2: Actual
1: character. Uh, actual
2: character. Yeah, I'd go with Picard because- <laughs> I uh, and, love it. And, but, yeah. but, for, but for a very similar Classic. reason that you gave, Swapno, mm-hmm. but opposing. I would be so excited I would want someone to ground me.
1: Ah, uh, okay, okay. Makes okay.
2: sense. Yeah, someone to just make sure your head's on straight. Because <laughs> I would go- <laughs> And like with my hands outstretched <laughs> and like someone needs to go wait <laughs> you know? like let's make sure the germs can't kill you first on that planet you know it <laughs> makes a lot of
0: sense okay all right so we know we know who we're traveling with my next question for you both because recently i've been trying to decide what star trek to rewatch i am I, i'll admit it oh. and i'm ashamed that i am slowly keeping up with the new shows and that's the amount of time it takes to watch everything. As you both know, it takes a long time. So I'm making my way through, I'm almost done with Picard, which I'm really excited about. A lot of folks have heard the news about Picard season three and who's returning. We'll get to that. But right oh. now, are, are you both watching? And I'll start with you Swapna. Are you watching any old Trek right now? Are you, cause Star Trek fans can't not not watch star trek i was gonna say
1: i'm always watching star trek in one form or another right Right. now i'm like season six into a next generation rewatch wow what led you there i realized it had been like i've rewatched deep space nine and voyager pretty regularly Mm -hmm. you know like i feel like i'm always going back to those two and I just realized I hadn't watched Next Generation in a very. I finished an Enterprise we rewatch, which is only like my second time rewatching that series. Wow! And then I was like, "What do I go to next?" Mm-hmm. And I realized I hadn't watched Next Gen, especially some of those first season episodes, right. the first and second mm-hmm. season, which are much weaker mm-hmm. than the rest of the show. I hadn't yeah. watched them, in like. A decade or longer. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to go through and even watch the bad stuff. And mm. with the exception of a few really, really bad episodes, the first two seasons are actually pretty good. And yeah. I kind of written both of them mm-hmm. off completely in my mind. Mm. And I forgot like some of the early, like measure of a man is one of the best episodes of Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's second season. So like it was really, it's actually been really nice to go back and remember how good those seasons were at their best
0: yeah there were some very low lows in Uh those two seasons and (laughs) some a couple of really good highs code (laughs) of (laughs) honor
1: (laughs) (laughs) code of honor oh my god yeah
0: so there's a lot of wacky things that happened in the first couple of seasons (laughs) of next generation but as swapna pointed out it got really stronger as the years gone by. So, I mean, did you are you learning anything new? Did you catch anything you hadn't caught before? Anything stand out in this rewatch to you yeah. about the show?
1: Yeah, so the one thing I'm really noticing after watching the first season of Star Trek Picard is how much Picard leans on Deanna Troy. Right. I don't think it ever hit me how mm-hmm. much he depends on her. And then I saw their scenes in the, you know, in Picard and I was like, you know, I don't have like a really strong memory of him consulting her all the time, and then I watch, and it's like every episode he's turning mm-hmm. to her and being like, "What do you think?" Which I think is kind of powerful. That is cool. A- as a product of its time, mm-hmm. putting a therapist on the bridge and having the captain rely on her as one of his like principal advisors—it's a big right. deal.
2: And I just want to hit upon that that episode of Picard that, that you spoke about when Troy uh, was back, because that was some of uh, that character and Marina Sirtis's best.
1: Mm-hmm. Outings
2: and scenes as Troy. Yeah. When she really can just dig into Picard's psyche because exactly what you said, she knows him so well from those meetings.
1: Yep. Yeah.
2: Chris, have you watched
0: any old Star Trek
2: lately? I have. Uh, so a couple weekends ago, I went to watch the 4K remastered <gasps> Star Trek The Motion Picture. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that snowballed into a weekend of watching all six of the original Star wow. Trek movies. And much like you were saying, Swap, how you forgot like how there are some, really some standout moments in Next Generation's first two seasons, I had really forgotten how good the motion picture was and just how Star Trek it was as like the last part of Star Trek that Gene Roddenberry really had, you know, right. total say and total control over. But in in sort of going Going through those first six, I, I arrived, as I sort of always do at this conclusion, which differs greatly from where the mass of Star Trek is. You know, most people, when most Trek fans, when you ask their favorite Star Trek movie, it's it's usually Wrath of Khan. Maybe The Voyage Home is right mm-hmm. after that Star Trek II and Star Trek IV. For me, it will always be Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Yes, um, I 100% agree.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, that is just the one that that stands out to me as as just, you know, absolutely fantastic. And but I like I to, call, to it, say, I with- call
0: it the Dark night of the, the Star Trek movies, because well, it's sort of like yes. the peak in the creative storytelling and more of an adult themed narrative, in my opinion.
2: It, well, it really is, and what but what struck me about it this time because it had probably been about ten years since I'd seen it, and what really struck me by it is it doesn't just hit on this idea of like the prejudices you th- don't think are there or mm-hmm. or would rather think aren't there, right. but are, but mm-hmm. but very much are. But it also deals fascinatingly with this idea of. False information and a false misinformation. Yeah. Yes. yeah. yes. Misinformation being implanted right. into the enterprise's computers and all of that. Right. And it was, flash, I mean, it was just propaganda. Oh, yeah. yeah it was just fascinating to watch from like a, a post January 6th US right. viewpoint. Again, a just wonderful film. Wonderful
0: and that, film. That and film film to is, me, the
2: best of the six.
0: Yeah. And yeah. that film, a lot of those ideas are crystallized from the wake of the cold war.
1: Yeah. You, and that's know. fast. Actually, I actually just rewatched, yeah. you know, Chris, it might be you were tweeting about it and that made me want to rewatch it. That's probably why cuz <laughs> no. I rewatched it like last weekend just randomly. Oh, nice. <laughs> and so, yeah, and the the wake of yeah, exactly, Robin, what you're saying, like the cold war stuff in the wake of Russia Ukraine is right. There's a new context to
0: it. Definitely. And uh, if I was going to recommend rewatching any of the Trek movies right now, it would be that one Mm -hmm. because of its themes and that, you know, it's hard to make pop culture about space, space, fantasy, science fiction feel at home. That movie really does deal with real life themes and real life politics. And that's what good science fiction is. It's, you know, telling those sort of grounded stories through a new context. And that movie really lives up to that it really does. I wanted to talk a little bit. There's so much new Star Trek. like even I'm getting lost in it a little bit. <laughs> new yet wonderfully old. I love that so let's talk first about Picard season two. Chris. Yeah. I'll start with you. What did you think of it?
2: Yeah, so it's got a couple episodes left. Mm-hmm. Or what and, do you think but, of it? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, so my very first thing is Alison Pill is an underrated actor who does mm-hmm. not get the credit she deserves at all. Her fascinating portrayal of the duality of the Borg Queen is just Wonderful. And Annie, who who took over the role as the board queen, has, mm-hmm. has been wonderful as well. In terms of the, the, the storyline, and, and you know, I've I've loved the acting as but I as I did with season one. But I gotta say that as much as I did like what they did with the character of Picard in season one and sort of re-reorienting him, mm-hmm. I am very happy for the change in command and the writing staff with Terry Metalis. This has been one of the more fascinating time travel sequences since they're actually getting to live with the time travel a bit Mm -hmm. and in terms of the storyline and and where they've taken picard i've i've generally been a fan i i I, what i was not expecting but have enjoyed is the personal stuff with his parents Uh, okay. because we always knew there was this weird relationship with his brother Mm -hmm. from from next generation and and his family but we had never really delved into it more than just oh brothers being brothers right and being stubborn and and actually seeing how his mother's mental illness informed him uh, of of who he was uh, has been has been really interesting but there's one storyline that they are not touching upon as much as I really wanted them to. And that is Seven of Nine and Rafi. And uh-huh. they are not going there. And I really want them to go there more. But in general, I, I, I've, I've, been, I've been happier with this season than, than I was with, with season one. But to be fair, I was a fan of season one.
0: Alison Pell, I'm glad you brought her up. She's a really fine actress. And you've probably seen her in other things and not known. Alison was in the newsroom. A great show mm-hmm. about journalism and cable television news programs. And she was also in *Snowpiercer*, which is a, oh, a sci-fi a classic. classic. Yeah, uh, it's she's in the film that was the show is based on. So I would check that out. Allison's such a great actress. I love the talent that they're bringing to *Star Trek* because I think that each new actor is bringing something very fresh and very new to the canon. So, I know what what are your thoughts on Picard so far and do you think it's going to stick a strong landing in the last episode of the season?
1: My my thoughts are very similar to Chris's. I really liked the first season, but there was a lot of unevenness, I mm-hmm. think, uh just like pacing issues and stuff, and I'm sure it was there was some creative shuffles and a lot of, you know, it's, it's Picard. There's going to be a lot of fingers in that eye. Right, right. And you can, <laughs> you can see it a little bit on screen with some Ooh. of the so this season feels like much smoother in terms of storytelling. I'm really enjoying the characters. I agree with Chris on I really wish we were seeing more of Seven in general. Like I am like I am about mm-hmm. to start like a petition for like <laughs> Jerry Ryan to get her own series because she, every yes. time she is on screen, she just shines even if she's like in the background, your eyes right. are just drawn to her because she She inhabits this character of Seven so well, and she knows her so well, and just, she's so good. There's a really good, like, audio book called No Man's Land, which takes Mm -hmm. place between season one and season two. It's really short. It's like an hour and a half, but it's Seven and Rafi's romance, basically, performed Uh by... The the actors, Jerry Ryan and Michelle Hurd, it's fantastic. I kind of wish it had been an episode because it's not that long. But anyway, so they do dive into the relationship there. But I agree. I wish we were seeing more of it in the show. As far as where I think it's going, I am not going to comment there because I have seen (laughs) (laughs) seen more than everybody else. And I know where it's going. So um, I am just going to keep my mouth shut. And all I will say, I'm not disappointed. (laughs) I'll just say that.
2: That's awesome. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. I, I have also just, as an aside, I have liked the Soong family appearance this season too in a very different way than we are used to seeing the Soong family when they're not obsessed with cybernetics, but right, you can right. totally kind Normal. of see with, right. with, you know, what they've aired so far, you can see that that's kind of where it's going right. um, and, and, and where the idea is planted. But that has also been, that, that's also been really nice. As well, and and just I just got to say, as like the real world space nerd, it, when they were doing uh, the the episode where there's the party for the for the mission to Europa and everything, mm-hmm. and there is a background mural of humanity of all well, the U.S.'s human spaceships and its Apollo shuttle and the Falcon 9 with Dragon, and that was just really cool to <laughs> nice. see. Nice, yeah. um, The Falcon 9 and Dragon make an appearance, yeah.
0: In the first season of Discovery, that was the first mention of Elon Musk as part of space exploration history in the Star Trek canon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was named, I, I don't remember what they were talking about, but um, he was named, and, and that's a really cool cameo. When I think of my favorite subplots throughout Star Trek history you brought up, Genetics, and uh, I was thinking about Bashir and his mm. subplot and him finding acceptance and being someone who, you know, was genetically enhanced. And that I love that part of the show because I feel like that is something in science fiction that will always be there until it's real. Like in the future, there will be, you know, genetically enhanced people or cybernetically enhanced people who are. Different from society. And it's just crazy how Star Trek started tackling those moral questions already as they do. Yeah.
1: And the whole genetics thing is super interesting because like disappearance of Sung ties into the appearance we see in Enterprise. How many iterations of Sung is Brent Spiner going (laughs) to play? Like it it ties into Eric Sung, who we see in Enterprise, who I believe is partially responsible for like Khan and the Mm -hmm. and the augments, who we are going to see, I believe, one of them or an ancestor or something or a like descendant in, or something. And, and yeah. there's a nunian sing uh, in Strange New World. So it looks like we're really going in on this genetic engineering storyline across the franchise, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And
2: and there's even like that. I, I don't know if it's one of those confirmed things or one of those, well, they're working on it, but you know, what? one of those like where does the future of Star Trek lie in terms of the series, you know, there, right. there's all these thoughts of like there's there that there's an anthology series coming, which I see a lot of groundwork being laid for one franchise's return big time um, Mm -hmm. here. And I'm I'm interested in your thoughts on this one. But, you know, we've also heard mentioned that they are interested in doing a con, something with con and something with the augments and actually walking us through sort of this idea of what was that. What was that period, right? When the augments were created and banned because it's in our past in 1996. But, you know, the franchise has never really addressed what happened there. So that'll be fascinating because I agree with you. Like there, there's there's the con groundwork and the Soong groundwork that's being laid here. There's also a lot of groundwork and a lot of references being made to Enterprise and mm-hmm. why are references being made to Enterprise if there's not something they're thinking about there, because that's the series that needs its ending that had never got it.
0: You don't like so, you don't like Riker's simulation uh, ending.
2: Uh, uh,
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, I'm going to let
0: Swapness groan <laughs> be my indeed, answer. You know that. what? <laughs> we, we, we won't even talk about it. We won't even talk about the it. The
1: <laughs> ultra apologist <laughs> and even I can't get on board with no, that I'm episode. Saying, yeah, no. The,
0: <laughs> the ending for Enterprise is an abomination that we need fixed. Let's just put that out there in the universe. Let's talk about discovery i'm not caught up but oh how how is that show progressing are you guys enjoying it and how is the future looking given that the the field is getting a little crowded swap and i'll start with you
1: i thought season four was good there were some pacing issues which i have a feeling was due to covid productions they just couldn't mm-hmm. do big group shots so they did a lot of individual work so the character work was really good but the like plotting pacing i Mm. there was just something off about it and i really i'm not enough of a student of television to put my finger on what it was but like it didn't capture me the way previous seasons have that being said i loved i really liked what they did i loved some of the hard sci-fi stuff that they did towards the end of the season Mm -hmm. um they Mm. really Mm. got into like alien life and communication there's like one episode that i'm not going to spoil but that really goes into it felt like a hard sci-fi episode and that was really welcome but yeah season four was not my favorite but by no means was it bad in my opinion
2: okay chris uh, oh. <laughs> you really should have someone other than Swapna and eye on because we agree <laughs> yeah, a lot of the time. don't
1: we yeah I
2: don't, we really do yeah it both was and was not my favorite it was my favorite because the what they did with the dark matter anomaly what they did with species 10c and who they ended up turning out to be and what the overall you know reason behind the big, you know, the, the big scary thing coming into our part of the galaxy. You know, I really loved what they did with that. And so I'm, I am with you. I don't want to give it away for Robin, but the communication yeah, episode. Yeah, you know what episode what I'm talking just, about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It was, I mean, I, I, I think I sat there with my jaw open just like oh my god yes this yes and just i'm glad you guys aren't spoiling it because
0: doing. i'm not the only one a lot of other people need to catch up too so mm-hmm. yeah I'm glad. I'm glad we're not spoiling it but i am literally yeah. gonna watch
2: this tonight because it sounds exciting yeah that element of it and the hard sci-fi was just beautifully executed and and just pure star trek in that regard but i agree with you the pacing the pacing was off the fact that you there's just a seven gap stretch before you see one of the main characters again who's supposedly done all this great stuff and it was great to see that character again in the final episode but i was just kind of like yeah (laughs) <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> like, I thought you were gone. There were weird things like that that that, that I, I agree with you with. It was probably, you know, I, I, I have to assume it was something with COVID because it, it just didn't tonally match mm-hmm. the previous seasons. And while I loved what they did with the two main characters and, and, and the Booker-Burnham romance, mm-hmm. I found myself wishing that they had done more with Stamets and Colber this season.
1: Yes, and I, I agree. felt
2: like I felt like where Col- where where, where Colber and where he really excelled, and that whole storyline about the toll it takes on mental health the professionals PTSD to keep everyone else. With
1: him. Oh my god! Yes, fantastic
2: was was fantastic. But in that, I kept going. But where's Paul? <laughs> like where, Where's Paul? Like I wanted to see Stamets and what he was going through because there was a major storyline that just never got picked up from season three with him, which was his animosity toward Burnham for making the command decisions that she had to do and how you as a, you know, as, as a, as a person who is in love with the person who that decision is being made about, uh, yeah. but also. As someone in that chain of command, like they never went back to that. And, and I never really felt that his character was complete this season. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. I'll keep that in mind. And something I want to jump back over because I, I read your Vulture column. I think it was a couple of years ago. You recapped the animated show.
1: Yep. Lower Decks. Lower Decks. Oh, I love
0: show. <laughs> tell us. Uh, I know, it seems that people love this show.
1: Best Star um, Trek on yeah. TV so right
0: now. What's what's your yeah. take on the show? What's what's the future of the show? Because I haven't started it yet. I know about the show because I read about it. A lot of people write about it. your column is great and Vulture Swapna. Thank so you. tell tell people like who haven't watched it yet why should they? Because you know getting people to cross over a medium like that it's difficult.
1: Yeah no, and I think a lot of people hesitate because it's animated. But what I'll say is, I flippantly call it the best Star Trek on television right now and mm. that is because you turn it on and it feels like Trek like mm-hmm. there's no adjusting there's no understanding where these characters are it just feels like Star Trek it feels like you are back there you don't need you don't there's nothing you need to understand to watch the show it's just kind of like you're in the universe
0: it's amazing and
1: in terms of the storytelling it is the deepest cuts of into like Star Trek canon yes. that I, have ever, <laughs> like, I just like I didn't even <laughs> understand like where they get these references and i'll just be like did they just did they just and they did they always they do and it's the people who are writing this show know star trek so well and are so brilliant and funny and every single one of the voice actors is so good tawny newsome as mariner is fantastic and like i until like i really got to the star wars cartoons i was not a cartoon watcher as an adult, like, I was just... Yeah, I, the- I
0: find it difficult, but, uh, you know, yeah. if it's worth it and people
2: say it's really good, then I'm going to give it a
1: it try. It is. It yeah. is. It, I mean, Chris, back me up here. Like, it's... Oh, yeah. Just... No, it, uh, <laughs>
2: It is, oh man, Deep Space Nine still still is is what I would consider to be the best Star Trek series. But my God, Lower Decks is second. And, wow. it, and it is right there. I mean, it yeah. is right there. I um,
1: agree with that. Lower <laughs> Decks is the best one on right now. Deep Space Nine is yeah. the best one.
2: Wow, that's amazing. Big, yeah. Well, that,
1: that's, that's quite an endorsement. Yeah.
0: So if you haven't I, watched and it and yet, watch it.
1: I will also say if you haven't watched it yet, the first four episodes, Mike McMahon, who run, is the showrunner and created the show, has also said this. It takes four – those first four episodes are good, but, like, it takes a couple of episodes for it to get into its groove. So, like, if you watch Mm -hmm. the first and second episode and you're like, eh, I don't like this, Mm -hmm. then it's – like, if you hate it, it's probably not for you. But if you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is funny, but I'm not sure, keep going because it gets gets better.
2: Yeah. It's one of those shows, too, where – because it's animated, right, you get to see things that you've only heard about, like Cetacean Ops. The whales make appearances in Lower <laughs> Decks as fully fledged members of the crew. That's amazing. Right. And they do fun little things like what the holodeck is really used for, you right. know. But but with Swapna, like you were saying, like they, they, it is it is at its core probably the most star trek series there ever is mm-hmm. because of of just the the sheer knowledge that these writers have like you were you were saying like you know the references they come out with like the, i i have to st- stop episodes to go back and make sure I, I heard all of those references. Cause there's, there's one where they're just like driving through a station and they go like that time that to Paul's hair changed and it's just a random line, but you're like, wait, what? And you have to go back because you know, they're referencing something and what they're referencing is, is weird. But then it's also a show where like ridiculously enough, like the Star Trek models that are made in reality for fans to buy and create make appearances in the show that the characters like want to that's amazing. Create themselves and build. People, it's really you know, people weird, love, but it works.
0: They love world building and they love rem- being reminded yeah. that they're part of an inclusive world. And I think that mm-hmm. references, Easter eggs are all really important to the fandom. And yeah, that, but you also really feel
2: for these characters too. Right. I mean, like Mariner and Boimler and Tendi and Rutherford, like mm-hmm. they, you really do feel for them and, and care for them while also laughing at their predicaments. <laughs> yes.
0: Now we only have a few minutes, so I just need your reactions and quick thoughts. Strange new world, Swapna. Good. Are you excited? Please tell me it hasn't started yet, and I missed it.
1: It has not started. It started. <laughs> it, it starts in two weeks. About nice. two weeks. Um, okay. I am really excited. I think Anson Mount is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm really excited to see what they do with this, and I think we were. I think an episode of the week show is a great idea. Or I missed like, that you know, format. Yeah, I that format. It. The yeah, like planet yeah. of the week, alien of the week. I think it's a good format. I think. Yes. I think it's going to be really good. I'm really excited. I get to go to the premiere in a couple of weeks. Oh so my super god! Super excited. Ooh, and- super
0: jealous. Oh my yeah. god. Okay, I'm excited. Do you I'm, need, I'm be- <laughs> 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 need a plus
2: one? Plus
0: two. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: now, Chris, what about you? How are you feeling about this upcoming show? I'm really excited for it. And not just episode of the week and to, and to see what, uh, what remind our, our listeners
0: it's a generation before Kirk and his. No, Kirk. it's not it's no. the same generation.
2: No, it's, it's basically a few years before. Oh, wow. So, so yeah. So basically it picks up on the original series pilot, which, was called the cage and this is when captain pike and number one and spock were in command of the enterprise and before dr mccoy or scotty or anyone else that we originally saw was there of course we now know that uhura was there as a cadet as well but this is basically like the five-year mission before kirk takes over and kirk will actually make an appearance in season two i did did see
0: some uh actors and actresses
2: get cast as some of the older characters right Oh yeah, because you've got so basically this follows Captain Pike, mm-hmm. uh number 1 who is played by Rebecca Romaine, which I just want to stop for a minute and go they got Rebecca Romaine for a series. Mystique mm-hmm. like <laughs> she was originally just like a cameo in mm-hmm. one episode or two episodes of discovery season two. Uh-huh. That's how much this franchise means to some people.
0: Yeah. Just yeah, going to yeah. put
2: that out there. Yeah, of course. Um, but, but we've, we've got her as number one. We've got Ethan Peck as Spock. We have cadet Uhura. Mm-hmm. We have nurse chapel. We have Dr. Mbegna and I was really <laughs> excited to see him. Oh my gosh. Wow. I mean, talk about a character you didn't think you'd ever see again. Right. And then, and then, a couple of new characters, a member of the Enar race, very closely related to Andorians, the character and the actor cast to play. The blind character are, is blind in mm-hmm. real life. That's so really good. There's a really wonderful great. moment of inclusion there, and then the the Singh character that you talked about earlier, Swapna. Yes, and this is this is these are their adventures on the USS Enterprise, so the 1701, as they say. But yeah, I, I, and sort of wrapped up in there is I'm really excited to see what Rebecca Romaine does with the character. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be I incredible. She's incredible this, actress. That's yeah. the one I'm I'm waiting for big yeah. time.
0: Swapna, are you stoked?
1: Of course. I mean, this entire, yeah, it's, I'm just really excited for what, is being done to the franchise. I'm so excited for this. Yeah. Michelle Yeoh's comments about the Section 31 series makes me hope that that's oh, not I want dead. That.
0: I need that. I because, need like, that. every time I talk <laughs> to
1: anybody, I'm like, so what's happening with Section 31? Like, yeah. and I'm sure it's like yeah. Michelle Yeoh is super busy. Like, look at what her. Schedule she's a movie star.
0: Uh, I mean, she's always been a movie star, but she's especially a movie star yeah, right in now. Last
1: couple of years, her yeah. career has just, which I think started with Discovery, honestly. Like, uh, like, Ooh, yeah, and yeah, her- this
0: new her new Renaissance for sure. She started. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, mm-hmm. and a couple other films, but her recent renaissance definitely kicked off with Star Trek, and Crazy now Rich Asians uh, and then
1: Star Trek, yeah, yeah.
0: And uh, yeah. she's an incredible actress. I hope they do greenlight a show with her. Yeah. She also I mean, makes an did, appearance. They
1: did. It is greenlit. Yeah, just, oh, they did. Okay, yeah, they did greenlight it. They mm-hmm. have the showrunners. I might, and then it just kind of COVID basically hit, and right. I don't know what happened from there.
0: Now, Swapna, yeah. are you going to be recapping Strange New Worlds? for? I am
1: not. I am taking a break because I did Prodigy and Picard back to back on Star Trek.com nice. and I'm very nice. tired. We, <laughs> yeah, have, I, we basically have Star Trek like year round now. Yeah. And so I just re- yeah. I came to realize I can't cover every series. So Let I'm me tell you, right. I don't
0: know if anyone's ever, like, I, I've had to do TV recaps early in my career and covered different TV shows. It sucks. And I don't know, Swapna, so if this applies to you, but when I have to work a show, it's different than enjoying it. You know what I mean? So yes, it's like, this I'm is glad why you get to enjoy it.
1: I like doing it for Star StarTrek.com, actually, yeah. because I get this episode's really far in advance, so I can kind of get the recaps out of the way and then That's enjoy great. the show as it comes out. That's awesome. Um, That's so nice. it yeah. makes it much more pleasant, which is kind of why I've just started doing
0: stuff there. (laughs) There was one thing left. We're running out of time now. I want to thank you both for being on our show again. And we need to do these Star Trek podcasts more frequently because there's just so much Star Trek stuff going on. Please follow both Chris and Swapna on Twitter. I think that while I didn't get to talk uh, about the next Chris Pine-led Star Trek movie, we will talk about it at some point. I do know that the last two attempts to get A Star Trek movie made have failed. One was Quentin Tarantino with the writer of The Revenant. They gave a crack at the script and the studio didn't like it. Noah Hawley, who was one of the filmmakers behind the Fargo remake on FX, incredible filmmaker, he tried to get a movie off the ground. It did not work. And now, Matt Shankman, who was the showrunner and director of WandaVision, which was very good, will be attempting this next Star Trek movie. They are bringing back Chris Pine and crew, and uh, we'll see how that shakes out. Hopefully, it doesn't get canceled. Uh, Again, thank you both for being on the show. For our listeners, if you love Star Trek, please send us messages, emails, and uh, topics for conversation. Uh, And I hope you both can join us again in the future to talk about Star Trek.